We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome the program Caregiver Dave and Sandy. Dave, how are you? Hey, I'm awesome. How are you? Good. Were you ever a drummer? I just, you know, you're yes, a singer. Yes, I was a drummer. Started at 12 and uh, into my teen years. And then when I got married, I had to sell my drums and sad, sad day. <laughs> yeah, but Dave, and you went viral in music too, right? You sure. never told that story on our, t- our TV show. Maybe on the radio you did. <clears throat> yep, tell that yep. story before you introduce our guest. Tell that story? Yeah, the viral, going viral music. I'm not sure which story you're talking about. Neil. Remember when you went viral music? Oh, Dave, you're forgetting. Well, I'll bring it <clears> up <throat> later. All right, so introduce our guest. Hetty Brunetti. Uh, she describes herself as a sober Janice Joplin meeting a steely Dan in Memphis. And it wasn't long before Teddy was touring with New York City's Impalas and Toronto's infamous B-Girls performing with Iris' uh, Carol McDonald before finally launching her own solo career. Welcome to the show, Teddy. Hey, thank you. It's an <laughs> honor to be with you guys today. Yeah, you look Absolutely. great. <laughs> Absolutely. And let's go real quick, Teddy. I wanted a question I wanted to ask you is drumming. Now, thinking about it, drummers are different because they can be in different bands a lot more than taking on another spot, right? You can be a, because sp- it's hard to find a drummer, a great drummer, isn't it, Teddy? Well, I don't, there's lots of great drummers, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I th- to me, the band's only as good as the drummer, you know, it's, especially it's- in pop music, you know, rock and roll, uh, today's kind of music that's popular, popular music. The, the beats, the whole thing, isn't it now? It's hard to find a good drummer who can also sing, other than uh, Karen Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, you have to separate your brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how did yeah. it start, Teddy, like getting involved in drums? How old were you? You know, the drums chose me. I didn't choose the drums. Uh, it was just like this spiritual experience I had when I was about 11 years old. Uh, I was at a girlfriend's birthday party and her older sister, who must have been like 14 or 15, had a little Victrola record player and they put this 45 on. It was the Kingsman, uh, Louie Louie. And I heard the the drums on that song are bombastic. And it shot through me like a bolt of lightning and I was possessed and I ran to that (laughs) record player and I kept playing that song over and over again. And I had never played a musical instrument, you know, it was like 11. And so, um, but I knew in those moments that that's what I did. That's what I was going to do. I was going to be, that's what I did. I was a drummer. I could do, this is what I do. I'm a drummer. I'm a musician. I'm a, you know, singer. I'm all this stuff. You know what I mean? It just came on me. I mean, it was just. I don't know how to describe it. It was just like this magic thing that happened. And I ran home after that party and asked to have drum lessons because I had a younger brother who was like a child, he was a child prodigy, classical pianist, all right? He's a big vocal coach in Manhattan today. He went to Carnegie Mellon for piano. And um, and his name's David Brunetti. He's written a book called, I'll plug him, Acting Songs. They use it as a textbook in colleges and theater groups and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's very well known and has done quite well uh, for himself. But um, anyway, I'm the oldest of 10 kids, by the way. So uh, (laughs) that might have been another reason why they didn't want me to play the drums. You must be Italian. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah. So, uh, but they said no. 
when I asked for the drums because they thought it was a boy's instrument. So I asked for the next best thing, which to me was guitar. And that's my first instrument, guitar. And it really, it, it, yeah. So it served me well, because that's how I write today. There's not so a who, lot of drummers who have a, who have that in their back pocket that they can pull out a, you know. Well, I was wondering who your heroes were, who you listened to, who played drums. I mean, you're old enough to know Gene Krupa and Buddy Rich. And oh yeah, they? Buddy Rich for sure, right? I mean, and Gene Krupa, they're all great. I like all the old greats, you yeah. know. Uh, and you can hold your own, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, I'm a school drummer. I was a percussion major for a few years wow. and dropped out and went on the road with a rock band. But I, so, I had a, I actually got a scholarship for uh, snare drumming. So did so the family know that the you day. could sing or was that a, a shock to them? No, you know, they kind of encouraged me to sing, oh, I, you know, because we all sing. But, um, and my mother used to say, used to always tell me what a unique voice I have, you know, just as a speaking voice, my voice is a little different. And so yeah. uh, it carries over, of course, into my singing voice too. So um, my parents were actors. Really? My dad's, my dad's 93 and he has an actor's equity oh card still. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not how they raised us. Um, they, you know, they went to New York and tried to make it as actors for a few years. And then I guess World War II happened and things like that. So well, they can't, they you can make it my, there. You can make it anywhere. That's, that's, a, true, that's a true. So I kind of mirrored their careers and uh, exactly. went to New York and uh, were there. I was there almost 20 years and we had both our sons are native New Yorkers. And after uh, we had the second child, we moved back to Pittsburgh to raise the kids. I went to, uh, I went, I dropped out of the music business, my husband and I, my husband's guitar player. I met him on the wow. road in the first road band I was in. Oh, wow. So, so yeah. So, sounds, uh, like you, sounds like you're having fun. Yes. It's, you know, I'm li if they would have said, wish for whatever you want, I wouldn't have wished for this because it's too much. It's too good. It's too fun. It's too. So let's take it back with the <clears throat> biggest break in your career in drums before you left the music industry or to then have your uh -huh. band later on. Uh, tell us like the biggest break, like where, how'd that happen? How did you connect with those people to get that, to get to be in the certain groups that you were a drummer in? Yeah, it's interesting. New York back in the seventies and eighties, it was, there was a, starving artist community. And um, we just, we didn't know anyone when we moved to New York and we ended up living in a building called the Music Building. Um, and it was, it was quite, <laughs> it was quite a place. And uh, John Lennon's band, Elephant's Memory was on the front uh, of our floor and, and uh, Bob Marley's keyboard player, uh, wow. Tyrone Downey lived next door to me. And, um, you know, so everybody knew each other. Everybody went to and supported each other. We all went to each other's gigs. We were all playing CBGBs and all the big New York clubs and everything. So, um, you know, word, word would get around. You were just part of the scene. Sure. And um, there were rehearsal studios. One guy who, who uh, played keyboards with us managed this big rehearsal studio. And um, he gave me a call. And I, that's how I ended up with the B-Girls, you know. Uh, some of the other groups, um, people would just, Carol McDonald with ISIS, that was a big band. They, um, he was on that ISIS band. Uh, it was a horn band, 
all women. They were still, that, and I played with the band she had after that band, but they were on the Midnight Special. Do you remember the Midnight sure, Special? Sure, sure. I love that I mean, show. That's a big deal, right? It was just so, a summer thing, and I, I wished it kept going. Yeah, wasn't it great? Yeah. So, um, I was actually but, on that show in the audience, not in the show, but uh, uh, one of the few We're waiting for your viral story, David, you forgot. Give me some clues. And, uh, no, okay, we're not going <laughs> to I got to search through the files. It's cool that you play the drums, though. <laughs> Yeah, so would you say so touring with the B girls? What was the, what are your experiences performing in pretty interesting crowds and stuff? What would you say? Yeah, were... they opened for the Clash. Um, Mick Jones from the Clash produced an EP for us in the studio, and I wrote for that band too. And they, uh, you know, we've recorded oh. one of my songs with that band that I wrote. And um, we were, um, that band was like, uh, it was between us and the Go-Go's. Who was going to get this record deal? And uh, they had, we were totally unmanageable. <laughs> and, and the Go-Go's had a manager. <laughs> so, um, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll things kind of uh, took a toll on that band. But uh, that, uh, the what, unfortunately, uh, the guitar player from the Beagles passed away last year, Renee Shohab. But the, the other two uh, women are, who were in that band are still alive. One's in, um, one's in New York playing in a punk band now, and one's in India. And she's a, a guru of sorts, you know, and she's still doing music. We, we did a FaceTime a couple weeks ago, and it was great because I hadn't seen them in a while, you know. But they're still, they're still at it. But they were Cindy Lauper and Madonna and that whole thing. This is before, you got to remember, before MTV and even cable TV, yeah. really. And so all the styles and all the uh, art stuff that would originate in the East Village. You know, a lot of that style of the rock and roll and all the new uh, styles and hairstyles and music styles and stuff like that. Uh, it all came out of the East Village. And um, I, I got to be part of that. That's so awesome. You're like into everything, eclectic, rock, blues, jazz. Which do you kind of lean toward? I listen more. I listen more to like funky kind of jazz, you know, uh -huh. but um, Who's I your like favorite? everything. Who's uh, your favorite? Right now, I'm I'm listening a lot to um, Snarky Puppy and uh, Lettuce. They both have amazing drummers. Okay, and um, the music's good. Oh, I, but I like oh oh you know who I like also. I've been listening to. I listen to Oz Noy. You know him, guitar no. player. Ooh, no. you got to check him. I know out. Eric Eric Clapton. <laughs> oh yeah, well Eric Clapton. You know <clears throat> we, my husband and I have. We've made trips to see him play. Yeah. To see his concerts. Yeah. So Jeff kind Beck, of people, what made know, you get I, back? And so you said you went, left the music industry when you got married. When did you get back and form the band that you band that's today? How long? That, yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. That <clears> happened <throat> a few years ago. Um, and it just so happened that um, Dean Sargent and Mike Hennigan, my producers, um, are in my band now. All right. So, oh. um, Dean produced my first solo album 35 years ago in New York City. He was a first called New York City uh, recording engineer. So he worked on a lot of big projects and stuff. And that's and 
you know, I've benefited from that. You know, you don't get uh, 40, 50 years experience when you're 20, right? So between, and he's been writing, and both these guys, they sing and they write also. So between all of us, we have like probably 200 years of experience. <laughs> and, and it shows on this album. It's really well-produced. It's not overproduced. Everything we accomplished, all the goals that we set out to do, because I, I started to do this album. I told my husband, I started writing again. So I said, I want to do an album. And uh, so our grandkids will know the grandma and grandpa were cool once, you know, yeah. it was star. So it started as a legacy thing. And Dean said, let's just let the music speak for itself. And just one thing led to another. And yeah. it turned, it's just too good not to go after it again. So we're having a ball. I'm enjoying the process. You know, uh, every artist says that uh, at some point in their career, it kind of takes a little low. I mean, Sinatra was concerned when the Beatles took off and stuff like that. Oh. Did that ever happen to you guys? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, and not so far long ago. I mean, the music business is oh, it's wow. a whole different price today yeah. than it was back then. I mean, when I recorded my first album, we did it on, you know, that two inch tape. You know? <laughs> So the whole digital thing is like a whole new. But things come around. It, it's like uh, everyone who was concerned, you know, 30, 40 years ago is now really popular. We've got old guys doing concerts that sell right. out crowds. Well, that we're, we're uh, very much in that vein of a, a classic kind of rock and yeah. uh, with jazz and blue and a lot of blues influences, you know at real people playing real instruments right. they're not something that comes out of a computer you know yeah, exactly yeah. but but you that's think? you know pop music's like that i'm sorry Neil. I yeah when you talk pittsburgh okay uh, pittsburgh rock yeah. and how the tradition of what the music is in pittsburgh what do you think of that you know you know after you've had your success in new york and that's forming the band again bringing all this back and then to see the just pittsburgh fans in general and how they're liking this whole reinvention of what you guys are doing to put, coming back together to do this tell us like the whole history of pittsburgh rock and understanding how it just really fits well for what you're trying to do now well you know pittsburgh is an interesting city it's uh, it's it's in between you know it's not south it's not north it's not big city it's not small city we're like the three bears we're, we're just right yeah. we're not too big not too small just it's just right and um so many wonderful musicians in Pittsburgh. I mean, we have world-class jazz musicians here. I got to tell you, I, and, and I've traveled, my husband and I travel everywhere we go, we, <clears throat> we seek out the jazz clubs and we look for the best musicians, you know, and uh, the best music and nobody rivals our, our um, and I'm talking New York City and LA, all the places, our guys can play anywhere. They're world-class and, uh, and we also have um, rock and roll, you know, so we have we have all kinds of music here. I mean, the symphony orchestra wins Grammys. Yes. And uh, the culture is amazing. And you can't believe it as a rocker, you're now being cultured, right? You wouldn't yeah. think of 20 years ago, culture and now rock is becoming that, right? Where, you know, that you can get and perform in places that you wouldn't have performed 20 years ago. Absolutely, yeah. It's not a fad, is it? Right. <laughs> so um, yeah, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's great. You know, it, it, we have all kinds of. Uh, there's a. I mean, 
And they do the whole gamut of rock and roll here from the heavy, heavy metal, biker, heavy metal, whatever kinds of metal there. They have all <laughs> kinds of heavy metal, right? Yeah, who knows? And you like it all? I, you know, if it's done well, I like it. I, to me, music is a kind of thing where um, when it's right, when it's good, it kind of, it, it transcends genre, you know? Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it, it hits you in a spiritual place, in, a, in your heart, you know, you feel it no matter what. So yeah. when it's good, it's good, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm open to all of it. I'm not really a snob that way, musically. Right. You know, so tell me about the album some what, what should we expect and i love the title too right that's got to excite make you excited right queen of pittsburgh yeah that I was, love it. well i'm not <laughs> saying just so you nobody's heard the song yet so they don't know and this was this is my producer dean's idea dean sergeant this is it's, it's his don't be title humble now <laughs> it's his, i blame him um i'm it's not i'm not saying i'm the queen of pittsburgh what the song says is I'm not going to stop kicking ass until they make me the queen of Pittsburgh. So <laughs> that's kind of, like you know, yeah. Oh, wait till you hear it. My, my uh, husband and our son, James, our youngest boy is a musician and they do a father son guitar solo section in that song oh. that, that kills it's, I mean, it's really good. And uh, that, that's another thing about this album. That was so much fun for me. I got to have my son on it. Of course, my husband's on it. And uh, two of my sisters sing background vocals and my girlfriend, Nicole Bell, I um, sang background vocals on it too. So I got to have, so every time I hear it, it brings a smile to my face because I hear my family on there, you know? So I'm racking my brain trying to figure out what what, uh, Neil is talking about going viral. The only story I can think of, Neil, uh, are you talking about Michael Jackson? I told a story where um, I was good friends with uh, the godfather of, of gospel, Andre Crouch. Yeah. He used to hang out with Billy Preston and Michael Jackson and stuff like that. Wow. And one time, uh, you know, I talked him into doing a Facebook page. I became his administrator. And wow. I went from like three people to 200,000. And all of a sudden, uh, there was a, a news article about uh, Andre and Michael Jackson. And I won't get into it, but um, it went viral because I was... Uh, Andre's Facebook administrator and he's kind of he doesn't like to talk to people but they were talking to me and you know according to Dave Nassani uh, uh, Andre Crouch's Facebook uh, that's not it it was music well I'll I'll go with that one all right well anyway today if you google my name and Michael Jackson's name it goes on for pages and pages maybe that's where I misunderstood the story but that's that's the viral one but we'll take it, Dave. All right, we'll take it. Your name's viral. All right, so but it also is a caregiver. So tell, ask the caregiver question to Ted. Well, I understand your father is 90 what? 92, 93? 93, God bless him. Is he in good health? Yes. Good for you. Yeah. My wife, uh, when she was 58, had a stroke. She lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side. And yeah. I instantly had to become her caregiver overnight. And, you know, I wasn't prepared for it, wasn't ready for it. And a couple of years was the, the grief process. It was, it was hell, you know, oh, yeah. but we, we, we hung in there and we, we stuck at it and uh, she became her old self again. Our love was rekindled. And, and uh, so I discovered there's other caregivers out there who are suffering and, and feeling lost and alone. Did you know 30% of caregivers actually die before their loved ones do? No it's kidding. a tough, tough job. It is. But, it is. but uh, so I became Dave, the caregiver's caregiver. I have a caregiverdave.com website to help caregivers uh, hang in there. Um, I like to say that 
you know, if you're not a caregiver today, just wait, you're either going to become one or you're going to need one. And now is the time to learn how to be a caregiver, not after tragedy strikes like me. So my question to you is, have you uh, had any caregiving experience yet? Has, has it touched your life somehow? Well, yes, with my mother, mm. you know, um, the last few years of her life as she declined, um, you know, my husband and I were the retired ones. So we were on call, you know, that phone would ring, we'd do a bat turn and my dad would say, I need your help. And bang, we'd have to, <laughs> we'd run out and, and help him with my Good mother. And we took her to all her appointments and her radiation treatments when we went through that and, you know, all her doctor's appointments. And, you know, my, my dad was a, he really. Did you see any signs of burnout in your, in your dad, not taking care of himself, putting his needs first? He, you know, he's, they're tough. My parents were tough. So, I mean, uh, he, um, of course he's 93 now. He lives with my baby sister, who's a, who oh, happens okay. to be a pharmacist and her husband has, uh, Dave has Parkinson's. So he's home. And, so she is uh, the caregiver in the family. So she is. Yeah. So we, you know, but it's nice having this many siblings. We can all, yeah. uh, help out a little. Um, so, you know, well, if, yeah. if they ever look like they're burning out, send them to caregiverdave.com. We'll, we'll straighten them out. Okay, thanks. <laughs> now, Teddy, best place we can find your music, where can we go? You can go to my website, which is www.teddybrunetti.com. And that's T-E-D-I-B-R-U-N-E-T-T-I. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. And I love keeping in touch with my social media friends. And I have a YouTube, uh, official YouTube channel and uh, Evil Woman, the single that I have out from the album, uh, oh, wow. has a wonderful video on YouTube. I just, I checked today and we have 8,300 views already. And that's, it's really hard to get views when you only have one item out there, you know? Yeah, people want great. content, content, content. Yeah, but that's good. So, so you definitely is, are providing a different type of music, putting the rock with the jazz. And I'm sure that you'll be performing a lot when things right. start opening up more, or you're going to have to recruit some other people. You know how it works is if you're going to do Pittsburgh and some of your people are other places, you'll have to put other people together to help you perform some big stuff because I, I see some big things coming and Thank it's, you. and it's awesome what you're doing. The B girl, B girls, is that again, in a way like a, one of those indie bands that, People, there's a huge following, and because I was googling some of that while we were talking. Oh yeah, they, interesting. yeah. Yep, they were. I mean, it was amazing that uh, we didn't sign with anybody. But um, you know, those that was back in the day. You know, the record companies wanted to own you, and we just never. They just never offered the right deal, and we didn't. Yeah. And and the leader of the band, those girls are from Toronto. Yeah, so you or were women kind of now. Awesome. I mean, we're all we're all like grandmothers now. I yeah. looked. I looked at the picture, the co album cover. Were you on on any of the album covers or not? Uh, I'm this. I'm their second drummer, so I don't know. There's a there's a few albums out, so um, I'm on one of them, I think. Okay. But, um, the um, yeah. Awesome. I just think it's cool because it's just, again, it's the thing that you think about specifically that experience and how, you know, indie bands from back in the day have such a following still because of how music's able to be heard in so many ways. So, but I think this is a 
really big thing you're trying to do with the whole jazz and rock. And I think that it fits perfectly for Pittsburgh. But hopefully yeah. you guys will be touring all over the place once COVID's finally gone and you can start traveling and doing this. Even L.A. In L.A., yeah. Oh, Come yeah, LA yeah and definitely. All right. We appreciate it. Thanks, Teddy. Oh, you guys are great. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you. You're welcome. Great All right, guys. Bye-bye. All right, take care. That was a caregiver, Dave. Celebrity segment. Take care.